Ladies and gentlemen, dudes and dudettes, this is Don Gray with the Comedy Fitness Podcast. I get so excited. I get so amped up. I get so, frankly, weird at the beginning of this podcast that I forget to introduce this man properly. Please give it up, ladies and gentlemen, for Billy D. Washington. I'm down to my last Friday. Fred. That was beautiful, yeah, man. That was I love that song. Right. Yeah, I love that song. Yeah. I can't, I can't sing at all. There's a whole story but, behind that song. Oh, what's the story behind the song? Because, because uh, that's, that's a profound song to me. Comedy for this podcast, by the way, this is your host Don Gray. I'm here with my comedy for this podcast. You know, it is. We're always bringing comedy and fitness to you. Two of my passions had to combine them. And this week, I am working with a true professional in comedy. Not only that, someone I've looked up to for a long time. He didn't even know it that much. I didn't. Oh. I, I, I'm a sick of fan. Yeah. Um, you know, he had a he had a tour called the Sellout Tour that made a big deal in my life. And then before that, I've been monitoring this brother's career because brothers like yourself, Billy D, brothers like Happy Cole, um, they really helped me to learn that uh, Happy's black done nothing, <laughs> nothing. He's I'm, accomplished I'm nothing. Kidding. He's accomplished nothing. He's yeah. another he's another mighty, he's another mighty mentor to me. Right. You know, brothers like you uh, told me that comedy didn't have to be black comedy didn't have to be stupid. Right. You know, and that right. we could go another way and not the alternative route, whatever that is. You know, I, but I mean, in, in which is you know, routes are, there's plenty of room in the comedy universe for a lot of us, right? But you guys taught me that you don't have to be black versus white. Uh, step and fetch it and that I could uh, be a, a, a nice thinking black man represent a lot of other nice thinking black men you know like myself well that's why yeah. it was so important that's why the two was so important I thank you for saying all that man it's yeah, true uh, you're a great comic too man I mean you thank know you. We're, we're working and you know for the people to all your listeners I just want them to know that, that you're more than a mere mortal on stage <laughs> yeah man you, you killed it all week um, but the, thank you but it was crazy when, when we did the sellout tour you know we'd have comics to come out and uh, they'd almost be in tears. It'd be like that one scene in Prince when hmm. he does Purple Rain. Yeah. And people people out in the audience, they finally get it. They're like, oh, my God, I get it. And it's like, you know, for us to be the first ones to go, you know what, man? A lot of dudes won't accept us. Like, a lot of black comics wouldn't accept us because we did mainstream material. Yeah. Or we didn't do, we weren't as good as doing the the ghetto stuff as they as they were, even mm-hmm. though we were sort of pedigreed in that area. Like, yeah. Because I did Def Jam three times, and Vince did Def Jam, and you know, guys had done, and Lewis had done BET and whatever, but we just did it a different way. Exactly. You guys still did it in your own way, but right. yeah, you had to play a little bit of the game. Right. We're, all, we're all playing the game to some extent, but exactly. you guys were still able to, your voice, and you know, young brothers like me needed to hear that. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is like I would love to see a similar tour like with with Southern comics that mm-hmm. just do mainstream stuff mm-hmm. because you know Southern people, you know they got the twang and they got the dine, yeah. you know got the vernacular, but you know and people expect that from them. They be the cowboy dude that does this this really cool, you know, Michael Eric Dyson type stuff. Yeah, right. You know? Oh, I love him. Yeah, he's doing stuff about the about the universe and about you know black and about black people and. You know, on that note, there's a there's a there's a dude I love, Tom Simmons. Mm-hmm. He's a funny funny cat in the south. He's basically doing that. Tom Simmons Tom. and Stuart Stuart Huff. Yeah. And they have a, a tour going around basically um, talking about that. Right. You know, it's southern, but you're not you know we don't have to be idiots. Right. Right. You know, because there's educated people in the south and there's educated people everywhere. But like, and that, and I'm sure there are comics that you know gravitate that because we you, there's lots of room in the comedy universe right you know there's lots of different flavors yeah and, and there are a lot of, and there are a lot of orphans too don there are, yes. there are a lot of comedy orphans that that don't belong anywhere and they feel like they don't belong anywhere true and it's like they're you know they're not black enough to do the black rooms and too black to do the mainstream rooms true they're just like caught in a gray area man it's mm-hmm. like this this abyss of of inconsistency in writing and, and not really having a voice but 
I think sometimes, like for me, my non-voice was my voice. Hmm. Like just to be, uh, uh, just to talk about general stuff. And my one-liner, like, dang. Like, you know, the core of my act now is, it goes a little bit more political. And I don't see it like... Which I love, by the way. Oh, thank you. I don't yeah. see it like like cool political, like, oh, I'm so smart and whatever. But it's just like stuff that I've, I've been able to attach a punchline to that's attached to an idea or something that I'm passionate about. Mm-hmm. And something that I believe in and... You know, it's, it's a nice way to do it. And so when I when we started doing the tour and whatever, just, you know, hanging out with Vince and just headliners and we sit around, man, we'd sit around and cry, you know, just talking about like different time. Me and no, the real emotion. Yeah, man. When, you know, because it's, it's tough when you are like in an audience and you get as a black performer and you get black people and you feel like that you have done something to uh, to destroy their expectation. Yeah. And, and especially when they verbalize it. Like people will come to you and say, "Hey, you know, I, I, I came here to see some of that nigga shit. Yeah, I well, need you to do that. Anyway. Why ain't y'all doing your black stuff? Yeah, we're, we're black. Yeah. It's all black stuff because yeah. we're black. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I I was at a show one time and they yelled at that at the Chappelle, like they heckled Chappelle. They said, "Why don't you do your black shit?" And he's like, "I'm black, motherfucker. <laughs> Everything <laughs> I do is black shit. What the fuck is wrong with you?" And yeah. I and I remember that yeah. that's the best way to handle it. Let's give a quick shout out to everybody who was on the Sell Out Tour. Yeah, you know. It was you, Billy D. Washington. Right. Uh, we had Vince Morris, right. uh, Louis Johnson, right. and uh, B. D. Owens. And, no, B. And, Owens. And B. And B. T. B. T. B. T. Yeah. I'm always messing up. Yeah. And B. T. Yeah. Who I, who I love. I love all you guys. I've worked with everybody, and all of y'all have influenced me in great ways. Right. I appreciate everyone. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate that. No, yeah. I remember Atlanta. It was funny, man. We had we had comics to come out. It was like it was funny. Like when we do the comedy clubs, man. We would get the young younger comics like mm-hmm. yourself at the time. That would come out and and would literally like you know would ask us questions and we yeah. we never knew how impactful it was we thought it'd be more impactful to people because you know it was a social thing that we were talking about no big time it was it was more the so, name alone yeah it was more so like because people thought that we got angry when people would call us the sellouts of comedy like no bro we aren't the sellouts of comedy this is the name of the show we exactly. want to we want to attach this name to the show so we can destroy whatever. Whatever misnomers are yeah. attached to it, mm-hmm. and then and, and it extended far beyond you know just being a comedian, but you can be in any walk of life, man. You know, I wanted to do this documentary down called uh, "Who's Afraid of Black People," mm-hmm. and it was about about black people who were afraid of black people. <laughs> That'd be funny. You know what I'm saying? A minimum of a skit too. Yeah, no, no, it was, just, it was great, man. I had it all laid out, and, and it wasn't just like like the corporate. It wasn't just like, you know, mainstream black people being afraid of like urban black people, mm-hmm. but it was the urban black person being afraid of what that what that other, you know, mainstream black person brought to the table. Oh, no. Sometimes they, people get offended by, are you try, you, you better than me? Yeah. You're exactly. trying to be better than me? Exactly. And there's a natural defense in that that you almost can't blame. If you, someone's trying to, just their mere presence is trying to state that you're you're less than. Right. I understand some animosity, but I don't think it's about that, especially for brothers like us. Right. It's like, no, uh, high tide rises all boats, you know? Come with exactly. me, and, and there's also room for brothers who act a little bit ghetto and brothers who don't. But I still want you, you know, you don't have to behave certain ways. You know, we can still elevate the people. I mean, like myself, take care of your kids. I mean, yeah. who doesn't want to take care of the kids? I mean, that's important. I don't care what you are—red, yellow, black, white. Right. You know? And I still get pulled over. How about I take care of my kids, and I'm still black enough to get pulled over? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I mean, come on. Right. Right. You know, exactly. We're complicated humans. Exactly. And, and and sometimes we get bogged down in. Uh, like like nonsense, I think. Like when people will have, uh, you know, this uh, this opinion about uh, saggy pants. Saggy pants has never been a huge deal for me. Like I would rather my son not do it, but it's not for reasons that I don't think it makes such a social implication on him that if he wears saggy pants, automatically 
he I don't I don't care what people think about I, I care what people think about about his grades. I care what they think right. about about how respectful he is and how, yes. he, how he carries himself. And he carries because you know if he carries himself like a gentleman, and he wants to adhere to whatever fashion thing that he wants to do, I never tripped out over that. You know, it's it's it's, it's in a fashion thing too. It's yeah. a true fashion thing. Like okay, when I was younger, growing up in L.A., it was a gangster thing. It was, right. but as soon as Justin Bieber started doing it, it's fashion. Okay, when white kids on the runways have skinny jeans on and their ass is showing out, it has just transitioned to a lot of things in black culture. To it got homogenized and mainstreamed, yeah. and now it, it's just in this it's just interesting area. I think before it did mean gangster, you know, right. but now it means this dude's going out for Friday night and you know he's got a couple of girls he's trying to hit on, and it might be you know. But a, but a lot of stuff meant gangster, you know, like tattoo, yeah. like tattoos meant gangster, right? A lot of times hip hop meant gangster. Yep. But, but now those are mainstream. And now those are mainstream. So you know, everybody got tattoos yeah, now. I went, yeah. went to the bank the other day. A teller had a tattoo on their neck. Wow. And I and, and yeah, no, but I did the same thing. I was taken aback. I'm like, oh, well, you know, hey, that's where we are right now. Right on his neck, two swords. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, here's my money. Yeah, but I don't think I you, feel but, safe. I, but I don't think you need a high school education to be a bank teller. I'm just saying. Not anymore. I yeah. think you're basically an ATM with feet. Right. Yeah, right. Because yeah, you know, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of like. Now let's let me transition back. We start off with the Fry song, which I love, right? And and you got a, you got a story about that one because um, I got an Oprah story because that story is how you wait. Tell me about the song. Okay, there 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 have been two times in my career where I've come up with parodies that I've been able to do in front of the artists, and this is one of the ones. So I came up with this song. You know, one last cry was like super popular, and I love the song. I learned how to play it. I learned how to sing it a little bit. I mean, Brian McKnight, yeah, Brian McKnight. Uh, one last cry. I mean, it was a it was a it was a romantic romantic anthem, you know. So I, I wanted to learn how to play it, and I had to do something to formulate it. So I turned it into a parody about about Oprah, One Last Fry. You know, she'd leave it all behind. You know, <laughs> there's no line. Yes, I'm down to my last fry. Um, so what I Brian McKnight was working in a, a place, this place in Houston. It was called Rockefellers, and it was like this. It was a small performance hall, and where a lot of like new artists got their start. Like I worked with Brian there. I worked with Erica Badu there. I worked with like um, who was like jazz artists like Joshua Redman and and Kyle Turner and you know the list goes on. Phyllis Hyman. Mm. I mean, I worked I worked with her actually two weeks before she died. Mm. Um, but this is the situation where I was working with Brian McKnight, and um, I asked him. I was like, Hey man, do you mind if I parody your song? Do a parody your song? You know, before you go up, you know, because the opening for him there's a big piano on stage. He's like, now all he said is, well, I, it better be funny. I never forget that because it, yeah. Yeah, it kind of pissed me off. Yeah, better be funny, motherfucker. Yeah, exactly. Because I want to say, or what? That's what I always say. That's what I always say. <laughs> if you, if you better be funny, or what? You're coming after me? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, so he goes, yeah, well, you know, it just better be funny. I go, okay. So I did the song, mm -hmm. and uh, he was backstage and stuff, and apparently he liked it because, you know, he he did his whole set, and this was a bunch of songs that nobody knew that are, like, popular songs now. But at the end of the set, everybody's waiting on him to do One Last Cry. Yeah, so, so he was started, the hit. Yeah, so he started playing it, and then he, he sang, One Last Fry, One <laughs> Last Fry. Oh man, they fell out, and I felt like, died, I was like, yeah, man. I don't you know. I don't know if it like celebrity callback. If, if, if anybody ever like runs into Brian McKnight of your listeners, ask them <laughs> about ask him about that story. I just, I, I hey just, man, like, one I'm, last fry, one last fry. Just yeah, one more. yeah. He's like, oh, oh man, I remember that dude back in the day. Da -da. And the other time is when I did, if you don't mind me. Nah. Yeah, the other time is uh, I did this song. Uh, you know, you remember uh, On the Wings of Love? Yeah. Jeffrey Osborne. Wings of Love. Yeah, yeah. The two of it, them, has, yeah. it has a really cool piano opening. Yeah. 
So I was doing, uh, I worked this uh, this really, this Black Enterprise Magazine Ski Summit. It was in Aspen. Oh, wow. That sounds Probably. fun. Yeah, it was fun, man. It was, I don't know, like four or five years ago. Yeah. Um, and uh, he was one of the guests there. Like, he was one of the people that, one of the guest artists there. And it, oh, okay. It, it was me, this guy by the name of Anthony Griff, Griffin, hmm. and uh, Ellen Cleghorn from, uh, oh, from Saturday Night Live. Yeah. So uh, that's a great lineup. Yeah, yeah. So I'm doing my thing. Brought my keyboard in, whatever. So uh, um, everybody's sitting out, out in the audience, and Jeffrey, Jeffrey Osborne is out there. And um, I tell them I go into this thing about how I started doing comedy because my career, you know, went to crap. You know, I, once I'd, I'd written this, this 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 famous hong that this that this guy took from me, <laughs> and <laughs> and 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 because of that, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a stand up now, and it turned out to be a great. So you got y'all want to hear a little bit of it? Yeah. So, yeah. And I started playing da 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 and it was it was a great moment. Yeah. I mean, he cracked up and no, that's funny. I laughed. Yeah, it was cool. So, by the way, uh, Billy, uh, accomplished musician also. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah you went to school for music, yeah, and, yeah. and the way you incorporate it into your act is, is oh, beyond thanks, brilliant. Thank you. Know? you. And Appreciate the fact, and last night uh, you closed with the the Star Spangled Banner. Right, right. But uh, I've never seen anybody do a version of the Jimi Hendrix Star Spangled Banner on a keyboard standing up before. <laughs> The close cop, and that was amazing to me. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, I, I should take out my camera, but I don't want to look really weird. But yeah. if you, you do it again, this cruise, I'm, I'm, dude, I'm. That was awesome. That That's was cool, amazing. man. I appreciate it. Yeah. That was amazing. But I, but that one last Friday, it's a funny song, man. And parody, you know, I think, I think parodies are great, you know. And I think they are, they make a connection to the audience that is is anytime you can combine any of the talents in the stand up. Right. Like the only people who get angry at someone who plays an instrument or juggles or does anything else on stage is because they can't do it. Right. I, that's what I think. That's you know, what I think. You don't have shit other talent except talking. That's why you're doing it. Because I'm one of those guys and I don't hate on anybody. Right. But like if I could do anything else all right, and I would bring it to stage. Yeah, okay, yeah. I'm relatively athletic, so occasionally I do athletic. I do the Matrix or so on stage because I can. And just any tool in your toolbox, you would use, especially if you're really good at it, man. You play your ass off. Yeah, you know? man. I mean, I don't want to get bogged down in it. No, you know what I mean, it's like no. But and, and the thing tool. is, you play. I play a couple songs at the end of the set and whatever. I, um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I it's think I think that if people could do more stuff on stage, then they probably would. And I've heard it over the years. You know, people think that I've. I've gotten what I've gotten, or I've done what I've done because of the keyboard, and maybe in some cases, haters. That was the case, but like of, of, of most of the TV stuff that I did, most of the TV stand-up stuff that I've done, I've never, I didn't have a keyboard on it. You know, it was like it was all, all you know, monologue. I got whatever shows, late late show, or whatever. I got it yeah. based on the monologue. So, but I enjoyed. You got it man. based on talent, though, man. And yeah, the I keyboard to me is part of that. But I know how comics get. You know, we have always have these opinions, and there's a lot of. A comedy fascist out there who yeah. like hey, you gotta do, I gotta do this, you gotta do it like that. I'm like, no, you gotta make the crowd laugh. But, it, but hopefully, it, be interesting. But man. you know, it's funny. It's funny. It's like it's like with black people. You have your white people to say to you, or you know, anybody say to you, yeah, you're not really. Or you get the impression that they don't really like black people, but they like you. Oh yeah, like, you want the good like, one. I was like, I don't like them. Like, but I get that the same way. It's like yeah, I don't like. I don't like. I don't really like musical comics. Oh, but 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 I like what you do. Yes, you're one of the good well, ones. Uh, you know, music yeah. comedy is kind of hack, but you know yeah. what? You're one of the good ones. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's a very patronizing way to give you a compliment. Right, you know, right, a backhand right. slap. Exactly. You know. They want to take you two steps backwards to, to to bring you one step forward. Yeah, which hey, is still a step behind. Hey, hello. Yeah. Oh, I like yeah. that. Two step backwards to bring you two step forward. Still, still a step, step behind. Yeah. I like that. We yeah. might make yeah. that. The I, next. I, just, I just made that up. I like yeah. that, dude. That might be the next comedy for the slogan. Well, does, well, does it fit on a wristband? <laughs> you know, comedy for this podcast. Yeah. Your host Don Gray. I'm here with uh, Billy D. Washington. We are talking about a lot of things, but we're about to step into some health and fitness talk now, man. You have a you have an interesting story. You were a police officer. Yeah, you were an officer of the law. Yeah, I was a cop so, for five years. And how long were you a cop for? Five years. Okay, cop for five years, and so that's a physical job. 
Well, for most for the most part. <laughs> for the most part. I mean, the way I did it, it wasn't very physical. Oh, talk to me about that. Unless I was, unless I was. Because I want to talk about cop fitness. Like, like, yeah. did, did they, you know, after the academy, like, did they make y'all stay in a certain shape? Because you do see the occasional police officer who might be not running after people. Well, what they would do is, is like there was a there was a membership that we could get a we can get a free gym membership. It's pretty much the closest that they came to like promoting oh personal <laughs> fitness. Like, you, you go to the gym, you can get if you're a cop, you can get in they there. Just stuff that a poster on the wall that goes, "Hey, it's free at Boogaboo Fitness." Exactly. You show them your badge and let you yeah, in. Yeah, you should go. Yeah, you should go. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, but back in the day, like people, like I didn't care about. Before social media and before people knew like how you handled a certain situation, there was no shame in like backing off of something or literally running away from something. Like, like, <laughs> like you know what I mean? If I if I I'd never get into a physical confrontation that I didn't mm-hmm. think I could win. I'd never think, okay, this dude is about to whoop my ass. I'm gonna pull out my gun and shoot him. No, I think if this dude's about to whoop my ass. I'm going to go back to my patrol car and call for backup because I don't want to get into a situation where I get my ass kicked or I just don't want to shoot a dude just because I'm not as cold as he is. Because he had a bad day. Yeah, because yeah. exactly, because yeah. he had a bad day. But no, but in terms of what you asked, but, I mean, yeah. we were very competitive. Like, we'd have, I mean, we'd have, like, the softball teams and, yeah. and the basketball teams and, and whatever. you know. Yeah, and the, and, the, and the younger cops were the ones that pretty much participated in everything. Like, I, yeah. was, I was on everything. I was on the softball team. I was on, but I'm not a, I'm not a great that. basketball player. But I'm a great rebounder and a, and a, and a good three-point shooter. But in terms of my, my mid-range game and my, my handles are terrible. I play terrible. Yeah, yeah. I'm so yeah, bad. Yeah, I'm a great rebounder. I'm, I'm a very aggressive rebounder. Oh, see, now I fight yeah. for the ball and I hack. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm good yeah. on defense. Yeah, you know? yeah. I get, pick me last, but you right, know, I'll defend someone. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's that's, that's pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, my, my skill set. Like, I want to like now. I want to embarrass myself. I was on a ship playing basketball recently, mm. and I was out there with some guys that were they were like thirty years, you know, in their thirties. Yeah. I'm thinking in their thirties. I'm I, in my mind. I'm I'm still like in my thirties, oh, yeah. right? Um, and I got out there with those guys, mm-hmm. man, and half court. And those 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 fat white dudes with beards almost <laughs> killed me. But but however, passing I, the ball, they're playing team passing sport. Passing the ball, yeah. they playing D. They they got hops. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, however, I did hit the game winning shot. Oh, there you go. Yeah, no, yeah, it was, yeah, I, exactly. I had five points for the game. I had a rebound and a, and a putback, and I hit the three to win the game. And if I hadn't done, and I got back to my cabin, I thought I was going to die. Oh no! Afterwards, that's the thing. Now that's one of the things I want to talk about. Like it's it's it is an age thing. We're not we're you know. We're all living in our own body, right? right? And so, like, I think for so long, you know, as a young man, you're trying to get better, trying to get better, trying to get better, 20s, 30s. And then I think around, because nowadays, you, we take, general, and generally, I think men take better care of themselves just innately. Right. You know what stupid stuff you can be doing. You know the good stuff you should be doing. And I think we're all trying to find to have medium. But still, around late 30s, 40s, you start feeling chinks in the armor. Right. Like, oh, I used to be able to do that. Now that... I can still do it. I can't do it as much, or it takes longer to recover from doing that. <laughs> no matter what it is, you know. Yeah. I mean, whether it's partying, whether it's hanging out, whether it's you know with your lady, whether it's running a marathon, <laughs> yeah. you know, like I got one of these in me, honey. And then after that, we're gonna have That's some refractory period. If you, whenever you interview BT and Vince, ask them about this. So we were bragging one day about how fast we all were in high school. Yeah. And everybody was like, I was the fastest dude. And I, I literally was. I was yeah. in the band, but I was faster than the track dudes. BT was bragging about how fast he was. BT was an athlete. Was fast, yeah. bragging about how fast he was. And at the, <laughs> at, and at the time, at the time, I was probably, like, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, 51 now. At the time, I was probably uh, mid-40s. Yeah. And they were early 40s. Mm-hmm. I, and and I, I probably had them by a couple of years. 
So we decided we're gonna go out and do this foot race. I see this coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, now oh, mind yeah. you, we in the car talking about this, and we didn't, we didn't. Man, I can beat you, man. It, what are you it, talking it just, about? It just so happened that everybody had on on sneakers, you mm-hmm. know. And I, I I run, but I hadn't sprint in a mm-hmm. long time. So uh, we get out. We go. Hey, let's let's take care of this right here. Let's take care of it right here. Just to set it up, you're driving on the road, yeah, right? Yeah, or, at, or at a lunch stop. Vince, Vince was driving. BT was in the front, and we started talking about how we could sprint. And each one, everybody claimed that, you know. Oh, yeah. But you know, but the thing is, is Vince, he's on the treadmill every day. For no, like, he does take like, care of himself. Like two hours, yeah. two hours a day. B- BT has a bad hip, so yeah. I know he wouldn't be a problem. I knew Vince was going to be <laughs> So we get out of the car. Let's and, do this. And, and now, mind you. There may or may not have been alcohol involved. Oh, may or may not. So we get out of the car and we decide we pick a point that's about I don't know fifty yards, hundred yards away. Mm-hmm. Let's let's do this. Now you got Lewis to start the race because he ain't running. Well, he, actually he wasn't with us. He, oh, okay. He, he was on the he was on the sixth floor. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, gotcha. So he was. <laughs> we went to. We went to. Uh, so we get out of the car, man, and yeah, it was a mark set go. I swear. I started off in the first 25 yards. It was my race. Had him, baby. Yard 32. Both my hamstrings blow out. <laughs> <laughs> like you got shot, too. Like I got shot. <laughs> I know. I know. Vince is gone. He, he wouldn't stop the race. BT came back to check on me. Vince knew. <laughs> Vince knew I'd messed up something, but he didn't care. No, I mean, Vince is a killer. Yeah, Vince is yeah, a killer. Vince is a killer. He wanted to win. win yeah. And literally that night on stage, yeah. those guys carried me on stage. <laughs> Tell a story, Billy. Tell a story, Billy. Tell us what happened. What happened today? First 25 yards, bro. I had him. Boom, boom, boom. But, but then after that, it was done. See, and that's what I want to talk about because y'all are in a car yeah. sitting down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then everybody got out the car, may or may not have had alcohol involved. And yeah. everybody said, hey, I got an idea. <laughs> Let's run from a cold start in our 40s. Because 10, yeah. 20 years ago, it was fine. We, yeah. we used to do this all the time. Right? You know, run, sprint, sit down, run, sprint, sit down, have a cherry cola, go do it again, you know? And I would take pride in beating comics in foot races oh, over, yeah. over the years. Why is that, even though that, that's a low bar, sir? <laughs> I mean, you talk about, you know, yeah. you know, you know, yeah. like, you know I, yeah. I'm the best checkers player in here, special ed class number 307. I mean, I feel you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I, I'm healthier than most comics. Oh yeah, but I, but but that's funny. You lucky you just didn't blow out two hamstrings, man. No, I I did. I mean, I I don't think I blew them out. I think I, I well, but I injured them greatly though. Probably a good sprain. But it was it was screwed up, man, for the entire mm-hmm. thing. But I guess back to your initial question. No, we didn't. There wasn't a there wasn't anything that was required. There wasn't like a a weight sort of restriction when I was there. There there clearly should have been. Yeah, but. <laughs> But there wasn't, you know, the donuts thing is real. Well, I'm guessing you it's need the real. sugar. You need the sugar for energy in the morning, and it's a breakfast. Well, even more free? so than that, it's free. Free, it's free. free. You go to the donut shop, hey, hey. And the whole. And the thing is, they don't give you, they don't make a box for four donuts. It's only, you know, it's only That's a true. dozen. You know, it's That's like true. they only come in like a dozen or, half or more, a dozen, half a dozen, dozen. So you got, yeah. you got at least take six donuts with you, and you know, you eat them all day, and they're they're great. Oh, they're fantastic. And then you always swear. But, that you aren't going to do it again the next day and the very next day. And the thing is, you get a little stressed out. You know, it, it, it becomes, yeah. You know, it, it becomes, stress eating. It becomes a, a trigger. Like the stress becomes a trigger for the donuts. Yeah. You get hooked on the donuts and, you know, before you know it. You just, no, and donuts are minimum 300 calories a pop. Fried dough covered in sugar. You, you couldn't invent something to where you're like, what can I make that's the fattiest, you know, sugariest, worst thing that has almost zero nutritional value for you? Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. I used to love them too. When I was a fat kid, yeah. an apple fritter, mm-hmm. ah! Oh my God. Besides then, why are they the size of my head? 
Oh. I, I used to buy them because they were the biggest donut for your buck. I was so fat when I was a kid. I went after quantity, not quality. The only reason I bought Three Musketeers, not because they were the delicious candy bar. They were bigger yeah. than some of the other candy bars. Oh, yeah. I, thought, I, thought I you, want volume. I thought you were going to say if it was one Musketeer, I would have bought it. <laughs> oh, it was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, but I had to do all <laughs> If they had a 3.5 or a 4 Musketeer, yeah, yeah. I would have bought that. So, okay. So, now, being a cop, you had to keep yourself in, you know, some shape, but then again, they didn't really press it, the poster at all. They didn't press it, and but I was, I was, I've always been concerned, and I've always been conscious about, you know, my health and my body, and I always, you know, I've always been able to kind of yuck up pretty quickly. Yeah. You know, always you show, you know, get, get yeah, get like you, you get yoked, like you know, oh, yeah, I'm gonna diet for a little while, get on the wagon, go right, to the gym, and right. that's that's kind of from being an ex athlete because the I call it muscle memory, mm -hmm. you know. It, you, your body remembers, but there's a certain time when that starts to starts to go away, and, I, and, I, and I'm kind of going through that now. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, I mean, a few months ago I was working out like really hard, like yeah. really lifting a lot, and and I I didn't see the result that I would normally see, mm -hmm. you know, back in in the past when I when I do it. Uh, I worked in a, uh, I also worked security in an apartment complex, and there was a a bodybuilder that uh, that lived there, and he taught me a lot about just just lifting and how to do it right, and mm -hmm. I always thought like. Uh, the heavier the better. Maybe back in the day, you always thought, no, no. You the, the, simplistic ideas when yeah, you're young, working exactly. out. You're like, oh, more weight, better. I was a hundred. Mm -hmm. I was a hundred and eighty pounds lifting two hundred and twenty, doing two twenty five. Okay. Not realizing that when I got forty, that my my shoulders would be crap. Joint shoulders. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, rotator cuff, the whole mm -hmm. deal. Mm -hmm. Um, and it wasn't really doing. It. Like I used to have these like huge shoulders and these big because I I do the incline a lot. Okay. Was that the incline or the decline well, when you hit behind you? They're both, but behind you incline. Yeah. You're in the incline bench. It's right over your head, and you got to yeah, bring but, it but, over your chest. But, 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 but I'm like this. I'm the this angle. What is that called? Well, your head's down here? Yeah. Oh, no, that's decline. Then. Yeah, that's decline. decline. And, and, and it's I, a hard position to get into, and yeah. I'd have these, I'd, but it was my favorite exercise. Oh, okay. And I'd have these, I had these massive shoulders back in the day. Boom, I mean, boom. I mean, I was like that dude on, what was that one M. Night Shyamalan movie? Remember when he had the, the guy had the, 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 the big muscular arm, and he was a... Uh, Anyway. No, 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 I like, but I like, you know, I love, I love two of his movies. But it, yeah, but it was weird. It was like I, <laughs> I had, I had these skinny legs because you uh, know, I, yeah, I'll skip leg day. I had these skinny legs. I had no stomach. I'd have a, have a decent chest. Oh, but up, I, up. I, but on my shoulders would be massive. We call that the prison physique. Okay, okay. In prison, no one works out their legs. Yeah, it's all, it's all, it's bitch, all upper body. It's all, yeah. it's all to push a man off of you. Right. Yeah. Right, you know, right, back away, right. back away. Apparently, yeah. they're not kicking anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but I always tell people, you know, and for my audience, you, you got you to gotta work the legs in order to build the chest. You mm -hmm. know, if, if you don't work on your largest muscle group in the body, if you don't hit those, then you don't have the same testosterone level and you don't have the same muscle growth possibilities to get the strength everywhere else in the size. So I tell you, you know, key to a big arm, key to big chest is working out the legs. Um, but that's how it is. Things evolve, though. Yeah. And so you, you, you work that heavy for a long time. You're feeling some of the repercussions of... No, let's be honest. We all treated our body like an amusement park at some time. Yeah, pretty much. And so now you find a happy medium as far as uh, eating because we've been eating. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, the thing, the key for me now is uh, water and Stay hydrated and moderation. Yes. I mean, I can't like even if I eat late at night, I get nightmares. So for real, keep it real. That helps me. Yeah, that really helps me to keep the weight. Okay, down. sidebar. What 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 are what are Billy D. Washington's nightmares? 
Oh, my, my nightmares are like really, really vivid and scary. Yeah. And I can't remember but small components of them when I wake up. People coming after you nightmares or I stage stuff? I, I can't even remember. Oh, okay. Yes, it's, it's like that. No, it's just like monster stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like supernatural. Like the, the, my dreams always have a twist at the end. Oh, know? really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll come back to that. Because that's yeah. where you get your writing style right, from, right. too. Because that's what, even with your jokes. You know, I love how you got some jokes, man, that, you know, are, are set up so well that it's they trail off and it's for the audience almost to like, ah, and that's what, that's what, that's what I love. And then, and that brings also around, man, to your films. Right. You know, we even talk about writing style and a twist, you know, because, because, you know, we, okay, first of all, quick sidebar, we just watched Bro. I just watched Bro. Um, that is your, your premiere film. Right. And you first. just, you just had it, um. You just put it in the Nigerian, the African Film Festival. Well, it's got it's, it's actually in the. Uh, it got nominated for the for an African Oscar. Uh, the, it's called Nollywood. Nollywood. Uh, yeah, Nollywood is the is the African Film Association. Okay. And they have a big celebration every year where they celebrate all these African films, but they also allow in other films. Uh, but they call them the, the American-made films are foreign films to them. Yes. So I was not, my film has been nominated for uh, Best Foreign Short Film. Gotcha. So an African film festival yeah. that you submitted to, you know, you, your film got in as a foreign film being American. Right. And, I mean, I, I, after seeing it, man, you're going to win something. It's a fantastic so. film. Thanks. And I love the twist of the end. I'm not giving nothing away. Called yeah. Bro is fantastic. Yeah. And now, is that, well, let's talk about that. Is that something you want to expand on as make that movie a, it's a feature length? Or yeah. is it to make other stories? I would love to. Everybody has different ways, and I'm sure you work out to deal with your stress and big time. When you get mostly above when, the neck, when you get in your head, mm -hmm. you know the whole deal. You the gym is home for you. Yes, for me, when I get worked up and I get stressed out, uh, the uh, my computer is home for me. Okay, like wrapping myself in a story. I can send you stories that that I've written that I think are even twistier and, and cooler than bro. I just I, this is the one that I knew I can do on a. On a minimal budget, even though you know it, it looks like no, it looks it great. Looks like, it looks like an expensive short. No, when you told me the budget, I was amazed at what you were able to pull off for that. Yeah, that, that yeah. looks fantastic. Yeah, because that that drone shot, the drone shot is amazing. Thank you very much. Yeah, and we and and I was able to get you know actors that have credits to uh, work for me for you know the the minimum. Um, but yeah, I I, I I write these stories like you know when I get in my head about whatever, or if I get frustrated about the career or. Mm -hmm. Or just I need a pastime, and I don't want to watch any more TV, or I'll just write. So writing is a cathartic process for you, too? It's, it's very cathartic. That's good if you combine both. I mean, because that's what we do. I mean, at our core, all comics have to be writers. It matters. You know, some are better than others, of course. But now, you, you treat it almost like, it, do, you, do you write as an exercise, meaning like, hey, today I'm going to write from three to five, or you write, like kind of like you said, as a response to... Uh, an irritation or as a response to a feeling i write both I, I write based on uh the idea i'll get a concept i'll see something that i'll go wow uh, there's a church uh we travel a lot to grand cayman yeah. the cayman islands whenever we get off the ship if you make the right and you go towards a hard rock cafe and you look across the street there's this white church yeah, there right there you know what i'm talking about? No, what we're talking about so we walked inside this uh, this church. It was me and another comedian by the name of Steve Burr. Mm -hmm. As soon as we got inside, there was a lady right there on the right side, and she gave us this this pamphlet, and it was about the church history and everything. Just out of nowhere, this lady was there. So we look around the the uh, the church and everything, and you know we go kind of to the back and, and look, and, and out of eye shot from the lady. And when we coming back, we came back. The lady is gone. So to, mm. to, to anybody else, 
She just probably I mean, she took a break. Yeah. She probably just left. She got tired of passing out pamphlets or whatever. Not to me. Or she was just there for a minute or two. But for me, mm-hmm. it 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 birthed a story. It's a very short story. She may have been an angel. She may have been an, an angel. She may mm-hmm. have been. And mm-hmm. I, but we said the pamphlet. And it was. It, yeah. If the pamphlet was from 1965, then that would have been more weird. Yeah. But it was actually it was actually pretty current. Pretty current. <laughs> but like stuff like that. Like I saw a, um I saw a, there's a singer that works out here uh in uh on carnival name is uh Consuela. Consuela, yeah, Consuela Ivy. Consuela Ivy. Mm, she's great. When I saw her on stage, it motivated me to write another story. Mm. And it's a supernatural thing. So I don't know. I just get inspired by... You see, and now does that trigger, like, do you have to write soon? Do you like, hey, let me jot something down? Because I, I have to, to jot down pretty immediately or it goes into the universe. I have to write the entire story within a couple of days of me coming up with what I want to go So with. is it almost a manic process? It's, like you get into like a thing and you no, you're at the computer well, brrr, the, the and I mean in a good way. The story is, I mean, when I start writing, it's manic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I obsess over it. Yeah, and I I go back and I have to now people that read them. Like BT is one of the guys that reads all my stuff. You need read, you need help, you need yeah, perspective. Exactly. You're too in it sometimes. But you the need thing perspective. Is, but the thing is, I don't have anywhere. To, like a lot of times, I don't have any place to take it, which takes me back to bro. Mm. It's like that's the one film I wanted to shoot a short. I, I just wanted to get these ideas out there. It's like a joke, Don. Hmm. Sometimes you, you, you get a joke, and as a comedian, all you want to know is if you're funny. That's the thing. If you want to be a comic, if you want to be an actor, or not so much an actor, but if you're a creator at all, if you're an inventor, you just want people to th- take your invention and whatever you've invented, and, and, and you want people to think that it's as important as you think it is. Yes. As unique as you think it is. Yes. And that's how it is about, I guess, writing for me and doing this thing. I just, I have, I've had these ideas forever. I've written 14 plays. Um, I've, I've done. This, 14. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. This Because pro- pro- being prolific and work ethic is a big part of it. Right. Yeah. And so this is my first film, but to, to be able to get this out there as a genre piece in a genre that people don't know me. Like, my plays are gospel plays. Um, my, my stand-up is stand-up. Mm-hmm. But for me to write the suspense thing, like, like bro, and, th- and that's really my passion. I'm a, I'm a big Alfred Hitchcock, uh, 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 Rod Serling fan from, from back in the day. Mm-hmm. But that is really my passion. Like, if I had to choose, if I got, if I had to, if God came down right now and said, listen, I'll make you a, you, you'll be world known for your musicianship, your stand-up comedy, your playwriting, or your mystery writing. Hmm. I would choose mystery writing every day, all day, twice on Sunday. Like a neo-black soul Stephen King. Like a neo-black soul, like Black Hitchcock. The Black Hitchcock. Black, Black Hitchcock. I like that, Black yeah. Hitchcock. Yeah. And I think, like, I think um, and first of all, like, I'm not going to reveal anything. I love bro- Bro's Twist. Thanks. I love the story. Yeah. And the way you're able to get it all done in 22 minutes. Yeah. You know, because I think that's just where things are going. I mean, we talked about making it a feature length, and I know you have other projects, but I think that short, good stories are like the wave of the future. Everybody's watching everything on their phone or their tablet anyways, and the way people's time is breaking up. I think you're going to start seeing more and more web series that are 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes. I mean, Vine is taking off, and those are six-second six second stories. And I see some people who are superstars on Vine getting really good things. There was right. a Vine family called the AB family that was just out with Carnival. I mean, so the web presence, as we all know, is a big deal. And these other forms of media, I mean, are, you know, important or more important. And I know that right now I don't even have cable. I have a, I have an Apple TV. Yeah. And so everything I get is streaming or YouTube or, you know, something I did myself or, or you know, put it up. And, so, it, and it's great content. And, mm-hmm. and people are always looking for content. And, yes. And there are creators. And, but 
I just think that if you can do it, you could find a way to do it efficiently, do it on a budget, and you have ideas that extend beyond. I'm, I don't want to do an idea where there are so many people doing that idea better than I do that idea. Like, yes, I can't, why do it? Like, then? I, like I can't write a I can't write a better version to Madea because Tyler Perry has that on lock. He's I killing Madea. I can't do like a black you know parody movie parody or whatever because you know obviously the wans have gotten it sewn up i can't do a better you know black you know whatever love story because because there are a bunch of them out there no exactly but i just think that there's a different i think the black people are, are thrillers gra- mysteries yeah, they, yeah. Gra- they gravitate to thrillers and mysteries but there just isn't a market out there that we can like ha- there's not a library that's readily available for us and, for, and it's for anybody i'm just saying for everybody really like, and, I, and write I think it, it's an untapped market yeah Sounds like a really good untapped market. Yeah. I mean, like, like I'm, I'm thinking of myself, my, my sister, a lot of people in my family, who, you know, who like thrillers, who like mysteries, but just want, would like to see someone who kind of looked like us, right? You know, right. and that's and people, you know, especially these days, the political climate, everything's getting all weird, you know. But race does matter a little bit, and yeah. it's good to see people who look like you. I sometimes I feel sorry for white kids who love basketball. I know you want to see more white kids. I know right. you. <laughs> we need a couple Serbians on this team. We can't have all five. I know, and you, you know, I feel I really do. I know it sounds weird. And the thing is, I become my parents. Like mm. I remember when, when I was a kid, uh, my parents we'd watch game shows, and, yeah. and, and you root hardest for the, for the for the black person. Oh yeah, you always like and like even now. Well, now it's just different family food. Steve Harvey got black folks on there all the I time, know, and some of them have some really bad answers. But and, for, but and yeah, but for me, for Wheel of Fortune, oh. I watch Wheel of Fortune, man. I don't even if. And this isn't this isn't even racist, but it's not even interesting to me if, if somebody black isn't on it. I don't care any. I care nothing about it if no if there's not an opportunity for a black person to win some money. <laughs> I think you have, you, have, you have invested. Oh look, there's a brother on Jeopardy. I'm yeah, yeah, there you go. I'm watch. Oh Which no, is, that's even that's even more. Oh yeah, that's that's sad. I, I, yeah. I, I watch Jeopardy anyway. I just write, I watch Jeopardy every day. It's, 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 you know, Channel Twenty Four, Seven Thirty out here. I like yeah, fact, I like it. Matter of fact, it's, it's, it's coming on now. We're gonna wrap up soon. But no, no, you know, you know, I want. A game show, put yeah, sidebar. Really? I won a game show called Greed, and it was a trivia-based game show, and it was the same thing. Like, uh, it was when the same time. Then they had Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, mm-hmm. and it was Chuck Woolery doing Greed, and it was a team team thing. But you were able to challenge people, and then, but I won my money. I got, I left. Whoa! I let dude, dude. They they gave what, me the no, option what, to leave. What, what was some of the questions? What oh, whoa, whoa, oh, one of the they were like it was all trivia stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like one of the questions was uh, name this um, name name four TV judges. And man, I had so much TV in my head from being a latchkey kid sitting, yeah. being a fat kid sitting on a couch. You 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 couldn't tell me anything about TV. I'm just rattling. Judge Judy, Judge Judy, uh, uh, Judge Judy, Judge Wapner, da 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 da. Just rattling off like boom boom boom, and then like and, oh wow, just kidding us a lot. <laughs> and then the challenge question was what popular artist did a song called 1990 Prince because that the challenge questions if if that person answered it they got your money that's why it was called greed they could take your money you go home you go home with nothing now I remember it okay okay. and it was a good show they gave away a lot of money man I won 80 grand and left sorry Mr. IRS I won 80 grand and and bone they said they said John do you want to play anymore nope want to go home yeah they're like no Don you can win more money Chuck I'm leaving. Now, was there any show prep before that? Did they no any categories? Or? No, they didn't tell you nothing about nothing. It was just you know, and the only thing they, one thing they did tell you is like, hey guys, if you win, just so you know, you don't get the money unless the show airs. Wow. And I'm like, what do you mean? So there's a bunch of people who want a bunch of money on shows, but like they weren't able to like claim the money. But if they win the top prize, it'll never see the light of day. Never see the light of day if it didn't air. <laughs> I mean, you sign a big old clause. If this thing don't air, yeah. if we don't get our advertising money, you don't get nothing. Wow. You know, and so, but luckily mine aired and Fox, they send you a letter, they send you a check to your house and this is when I was broke. 
They sent me a check for $80,000 to my house, and I was so bad at that time financially. I went to banks, and they're like, we don't believe you, <laughs> and we got to make a lot of calls on this. I'm like, but this is real money. They're like, yeah, but we just looked at your record. Oh, come on now, man. Yeah. You're lucky we let you back in this bank. That's funny. <laughs> you still owe Bank of America money. <laughs> but I have turned down my financial fitness since then. But now, bro, you got coming out at the film festival. Where can they check it out? Can they check it out anywhere online right now? Not or? yet. I'm probably going to I'm gonna premiere it at the, uh, at the World Film Festival in Houston next year. Well, I'm actually premiering it this weekend at the Cap City Black Film Festival in Austin, Texas. Oh, what are the dates on that? This is this weekend because we're probably going to air in a couple weeks. But still, give me it's, the dates on it. It's uh, the 28th, 29th, and 30th of August. Okay, so this might have already aired when you guys see it. But still, you'll be able to check it out. Right. And, you know, and I'm gonna do a page dedicated to it, but I just haven't okay. yet. And well, I, we'll be in touch so I, when yeah. you when you when you launch your stuff. You know, I'll make sure that we you know I tell everybody in the comedy fitness universe about this because I want them to see your projects. Well, and I you. think you know, again, high tide rises all boats. I want I want this to be big, and I'd love for us to be able to work on something too. Man, I, was, I would love to work on. I something. was actually I want to do a solid tour part two with you. Well, you know, and th- that'd be great. That'd be yeah, I mean, great. I'm putting myself into this. Hey, but you I'm know what? Interjecting. But this is what I thought. Like hmm. yesterday, when we were on the elevator, remember there was this crowded elevator. Yeah. And there, an idea came to me about doing a film with an iPhone about these people disappearing from the elevator without the door opening. Really? I'll explain it to you later. No, no, they will talk, but I like we it. Have, we have two He's more, a deep brother. He's a we deep have, brother. We have two more days to work here. If I, because to, to be able to get the all the visuals from an actual cruise ship that we don't have to. We don't have to pay for it. Yes. This is set. We're like on set right no, now. No, it's man. a beautiful set. And we have to pay for it. We have actors. Like the mm-hmm. Filipinos, they would never know. No, they would never know that, <laughs> that, that they're in this film. Yeah, you know? Please perform this stereotype. <laughs> Here, oh, they're doing it accidentally. <laughs> yeah, but you know, no, we so were in that crowded elevator and whatever. Yes. You know? No, yes. Yes, there was that one movie, Devil. Yeah. Yeah, like that. But I mean, I, I've always thought that elevators are really interesting because every time I get in one, every time I get in one, mm-hmm. I've done this since I was a kid. I'm like, what if we were the only people left on the earth? Mm-hmm. Like who would we have to eat? And then you open the door. Who yeah. would we breed with? Right. You know. You know. Yeah. You know yeah. All like, what if it's just these ten people? You open the door and we're all that's left, and we got to start a society. <laughs> Which yeah. one of these dudes do I got to take out to be alpha? Right. Who do I got to hit? Yeah. In the yeah. You know. Yeah. You know. Uh, who can I build a life? And I know that's such a weird thought, but I think elevators are so interesting because everybody gets worried about being on one. Right. And who's got the cigarettes? Where are the cigarettes? <laughs> the cigarettes and the donuts. We have to have the. Got to have the cigarettes and the guy the donuts. And, yeah, that's funny, man. Yeah. Hey, man. Where can people get in touch with you, man? Facebook. Uh, Facebook. Facebook, Billy D. Washington, Twitter, Billy Washington. Okay. Uh, Instagram, Billy D. Washington. And the website with all the links is at thebillydwashington.com. The Billy D. Washington. Because somebody took a, a Chinese garment company, took billydwashington.com. It's not up anymore and I can't get it back. But there was a period of about three years that if you typed in billydwashington.com, there, it'd be a, it, it, there was this online store. Of Chinese clothes, it was all Chinese writing. It was all written in Chinese. Why does it have anything I, I, to do with the no, name? No idea, none, none whatsoever. They just googled, you know, famous Black Americans. I, you know? I, I, don't, I don't know what happened, but they bought it. They scooped it up because me being, you know, how we get. Yeah, I let it expire for yeah. about you know, yep. thirty days, and before I knew it, I couldn't get it anymore. 
And now no, you gotta lock them up. Now yeah. I have to pay eight hundred dollars to get my name back. Yeah, yeah. So it's no. it's, it's the BillyDWashington.com. No. no, that's beautiful. Okay, so go to the BillyDWashington.com. Check them out before well before you know maybe a South Korean dictator takes the site. <laughs> <I know. laughs> but yeah. Billy, it's been fantastic. Man, we're gonna we're gonna do another one of these. All right, because um, this has been beautiful. Yeah, I man. Know we got more fun. to say, but it's thank you for great. coming to the Comedy Fitness Podcast, Thanks, man. And congratulations, congratulations, man. Great, great format. Great interviewer. Hey, this man. has been fun. Hey, man, I appreciate it, man. And guys, remember, as always, laugh your ass off. Peace out. Bye, Billy. I'll see you. Peace.